The Six Pointer Podcast. So hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast, immediate post-match reaction to Crystal Palace's 0-0 draw at the Emirates against Arsenal tonight. Uh, it is po- immediate post-match reaction because it is uh, just after 10 o'clock, so we are we are right on, on the dot with you. Uh, don't forget, as always, I'm going to get it nice and early at Six Pointer Podcast on Instagram and Twitter for all your podcast news and obviously your key way to engage with us so if you do want to get in touch whether you're an opposition fan or a palace fan please do drop us a message question get in touch we'd love to hear from you and thank you to everyone who does get in touch on a regular basis we do appreciate it as always uh, my name's matthew i'm the host this evening or as my zoom uh, name says phoebe my, my little girl she's making a guest appearance tonight uh, i'm joined as always by the the palace uh, duo uh, my brother luke luke how you doing evening matthew not too bad how you doing good very good thanks and also as always joined by uh, kevin bt small sports smith kevin how you doing listen mate they still haven't sent through the free sponsorship so i'm just kev smith tonight but i'm good mate i'm very well thank you very good and uh, we're also really pleased uh, to welcome guy guy is an arsenal fan guy thank you very much for joining us welcome to the six pointer podcast thanks for having me again i'm just wait wait waking from my slumber of that watching that 90 minutes of football <laughs> I'll try to be on good form. Thank you, Guy. I'm sure we can find some talking points from it. I mean, I actually quite enjoyed it. <laughs> a bit worrying to say that. It was a nil-nil game. Uh, you could argue it's a bit of a bore draw, but actually some high points for Palace. I'd be interested to hear Guy from Pumon Arsenal's um, performance tonight and how it how it sits in the context of this season. But for Palace, probably a good away point, Luke? Yeah, a scrappy game, I think, was, was be a fair assessment of it. But um, especially the first half, Palace had a decent number of chances, managed to get down the left through Mitchell and Zahar, cut it back a couple of times for Benteke to find that little pocket of space. But yeah, we, we sort of weathered the storm a little bit in the second half. And um, yeah, I, I said to Guy before the game, I'd happily take a point and yeah, pleased with that one. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. I was happy with the point. Guy, what was your take on it? Frustrating from an Arsenal perspective, because I think both halves, we started quite well, but we didn't recreate anything, did we? I mean, you guys kept our danger men quiet, Saka, Emil Rose-Smith. You think what they've delivered over the last few games, they were Barely in the game. Lacazette didn't really have a sniff. He hit the side netting, didn't he? But he was off. Well, it, it was offside early in the move, so it wouldn't have counted. Frustrating. Everything seemed to break down for us. But listen, cr- credit to Palace. Defended well. Had a couple of chances, didn't you, towards the end of the first half? I always fear Zaha, and I feared him, and I thought he got a penalty at the end. I mean, it, it wasn't a penalty, but you don't quite know that in real time, do you? I thought, oh, here we go again, because he's like, he's got a few against us in the past. Um, so frustrated is the um, is the word. Kev, what 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 did you think of Palace's start? I mean, I was really taken aback by the high press in the first few minutes. I thought, hang on a minute, we're going to give it a go tonight. Yeah, I must admit. I mean, same as has uh, already been iter- reiterated. Um, I would have taken a point before the game. We talked about that on the last pod. Said it was a bit of a free hit, bearing in mind how well Arsenal have been playing. And I thought they did very well, you know, to win in extra time a few days ago against Newcastle. I have to say, I think the biggest tonic for Palace was Tierney wasn't on the team sheet or was injured. Uh, and I think for us, that was a big positive for us, actually. Uh, but I, yeah, I thought I was pleased with the way we started. I must admit, I'm, I'm with Guy. The way Arsenal started the second half, I don't think we touched the ball for about the first four minutes. And obviously Arteta had got in at them. And, uh, and I was very, very pleasantly surprised that they seemed to drop off again, Arsenal. Um, and I, I'm, I'm with Guy. I did think Palace 
I thought Zaha might have just sneaked that penalty at the end. It wasn't a penalty, absolutely right. It wasn't. Um, but I just, you know, there were enough chances when Jacker was giving the ball away a few times, or ex-hacker, as I now call him, having read his back of his shirt. When I read that a few times, he gave the ball away a few times, and I thought Palace were very, very sloppy uh, when we went on the when, when we were on the attack. We worked hard to get the ball back from Arsenal, and then we seemed to give it straight back to them, or they won it straight back. So, absolutely delighted with the point. Really, really pleased. There was there was some nice link-up play when we did get at the other end. I mean, I take your point. It wasn't quite the uh, the end result, but it's a nice link link-up play between the sort of the argument with the, the front three of Wilf, uh, Benteke, um, and Eze, who was who was pushing up with them, and, and probably had the uh, I don't know who Sky gave the man in the match or two, but he probably wasn't far away if it wasn't him. Uh, we we did, however, have a few sort of Arsenal attacks in the the first sort of twenty minutes, if I remember rightly, and Vicenza had to make a couple of saves. But but yeah, guy, you kind of alluded to it. But apart from that, there wasn't too much from Arsenal in the first half. Palace, however, had a couple of chances towards the end of the uh, end of the half. Uh, the Tomkins one was probably the notable one, Luke, which hit the bar. Yeah, good delivery from Eze, I think it was. And then uh, Tomkins gets up well, and we've seen him do it in the past. And yeah, sort of. I don't I don't think he he tried to get as much as he could, but wasn't looking at the ball. He sort of hit it on the on the side of his head. And, yeah, just um, off the bar there. I think Eze had a free kick that went miles over a little bit earlier and Wilf managed to flash a shot over as well. But um, as I said, the two bits for me was when we cut the ball back to Benteke and he found that little pocket a couple of times where he skied one over and pulled a really good save from the keeper as with a header as well. Um, that was impressive. Yeah, the, the, Bente- the Benteke header was a strong one. Sorry, Guy. Am I being harsh here? When, I, when we play against Benteke, I, th- I always think, Phew. It's a bit like playing against Andy Carroll. Just can't finish. And I thought if, if any of those fell to Zahab, they're in the back of the net, those chances. You know, the, the ones that were pulled back to him. I don't know if I'm a bit harsh. You guys watch him every week. I don't. I was going to say, we say he's a man out of form. I think some of his link-up play today and some of his one-touch stuff was very good. And obviously, I, I agree, Guy. He's a, he is a little bit of an Andy Carroll. I think he gives a lot to us from our point of view. I mean, that, that, that header where, let's be honest, the keeper makes a good save. You expect him to make it, but it's still a good save. I think there was about a 20-pass move, which led to that, which is very rare for Palace. And it went down the left wing and uh, Tyrek Mitchell had a very, very good game whipped in a quality cross but yeah I think you know it's, it's a bit like what uh, Matt and that were talking about when Patrick Van Arnold played for Sunderland when you sometimes see him as an away fan in one or two games you, you think oh they can be good or you don't get a lot from them but I think generally most Palace fans have been pleased with the way he's been been playing generally that was my view the one I, if I could just comment guy if I may one of your players who I thought was exceptional in the first half is Danny Savias the um, Real Madrid guy uh, who's on loan I thought he was a faultless in the first half I thought he was brilliant and I was actually quite relieved when I think he went off with about 20 minutes to go in the second half I don't know if he was blowing or uh, injured but I thought he was he was quality for me Um, and you know I just thought Arsenal looked good but without that real cutting edge tonight Uh, and I don't know if that's just fatigue um, but I do think a lot of that was down to not having Tierney and giving you what he gives you down the left. I think you're spot, I'm spot on on both points. I thought Sabias was our best player in the first half. I think he tired. I think he faded in the second. Yeah. I think he came off because Party had to come on. And I think probably you wanted Xhaka there just to kind of sit in the middle. I agree with you what you said as well. Like Xhaka kept on giving the ball away. He slipped at the end, didn't he? And yeah. he nearly got in in, the, in, the, in injury time. And again, I agree with you about Tierney. There was a point quite early in the game where Maitland-Niles made a really good overlap down the left. And the cross just went over for a goal kick. If that's Tierney, he's got a yard on the fullback. He's got Lacazette in the middle. He's got Saka in the middle. That is either 
hitting one of their heads or one of your players is making a great last stitch header. Tierney's been our best player this season. And, you know, we really, really missed him today. Yeah. Badly. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because actually Palace's dynamic this year has been finding the right wing back combination. Well, we've had a few different dynamics, a few different challenges, but that's one of them. And, and Kev mentioned Patrick Varnana when he does play PVA attacking wise, he's great, but he can't defend, which is obviously a bit of a problem for a left back. And then right back wise, we've battled between who to play. Is it Nathaniel Klein or is it Joel Ward? And Joel Ward has come out the stronger yeah. uh, of, of the two there, isn't he, Luke? So, you know, for us, we've got the back four now. The two, the two wing backs, I think, are kind of, you know, decided. It's the who plays with Czech Haite and Tomkin's got the nod tonight. And actually, I think it was his most solid game for us this year. He's been out of injury for a long time. I thought he did really well tonight. Yeah, for me, it's between Ward and Tomkin's my man in the match I thought Wardy was brilliant even with his um, lockdown haircut he sort of <laughs> I think his wife might have had a go at that is it from what I understand but uh, yeah he's, he's brilliant and it's quite funny that you know we're now in a situation where we've got someone like Nathaniel Klein who's just about to sign a, a, a deal with us um, who's sort of knocking at his door and potentially even pushing him a bit bit, bit more now. But Tomkins, I thought, was brilliant tonight. Um, yeah, obviously he had his chance, but it was very something there. And Palace, to be fair, that, that, that we were very difficult to break down. Guy guy gets it right in the sense that he says that we frustrated them because that's, that's I think, what we set out to do. We, we put them sort of two blocks in and soaked up a hell of a lot of pressure. Yeah, we did, yeah. I, I think I think it was interesting, the the, the Benteke what, header that, that was mentioned, because I think that's, that's a little bit further over. I think that's in. Uh, Keith makes a good save, but I think if he puts it a bit further over, I think that's that's far enough in the corner that that you know puts us one nil up, and 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 yeah, we did did finish the the first half the better of the of the two teams, but it wasn't it wasn't to be. Kev, yeah, I think I was just going to add on really, Matt, what Luke said there about we were difficult to break down, as you say, it's mostly I mean Emil um, Smith Rowe has been outstanding from what I've seen in the last few games for Arsenal breath of fresh air and and we nullified him again tonight he didn't really get in the game and I think that was more down to not him trying Palace just sort of measured it well today and I think you know I it's the first time Palace have ever in the Premier League or in the top flight uh, have, have held Arsenal have not, Arsenal haven't scored against us at their place and interestingly again it's five games now that we've played Arsenal where we've um, not lost and that really surprised me actually as a fact but uh, if, if Alex Scott has said it on Sky then I'm accepting it <laughs> so, so, has, so se- se- second half starts and guys you said Arsenal sort of came out I want to say all guns blazing it wasn't quite that for the Gunners sorry excuse that's terrible but, oh you um, are crap and he does this every time guy every okay. time he comes in with a lame one like that I do every, I do every time we were flying like an eagle in the first half <laughs> <laughs> Uh, second half, second again. Off, sorry. <laughs> he can come again. Yeah, as 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 uh, as Kev said, unfortunately it wasn't on BT Sport for Kev tonight, but it wasn't Sky Sport. But um, yeah, um, yeah. So second half Arsenal started the better team. But if I if I'm thinking about the the, the second half at Pandera, I think Palace had the sort of the first notable chance. And and you mentioned Jacko, is that you say? It? He he he, no, he did a attacker. Thank you. That's how it is on his shirt. A great slide in for a Wilf chance, I think, on about 60-odd minutes. I can't remember much else, though. Guy, were you disappointed with how the second half panned out for Arsenal, given the, the way they started? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think any goalkeeper, either goalkeeper touched the ball, other than goal kicks and maybe a back pass. There was, there was nothing on target other than maybe, you know, yeah. someone rolling the ball, you know, terrible shot rolling the ball to keeper. I thought we started second half really well in terms of tempo. You know, my on my Arsenal groups, it was better. This is good. You know, let's get party on. Let's drive on. But it, it fizzled out a bit. I mean, Bellerin hit the side netting, but it wasn't really a chance, was it? Ball came out to him from a corner, I think. 
Lacazette hit the side netting, but it wouldn't have counted because earlier in the move, there was an offside. Saka got in early in the second half, but it was such a tight angle. He was never going to score. We sniffed. But same in the first half. We sniffed around your goal, around your box, without really testing you properly. It just, just one of those nights for us. What I would say, and I would say, which I like at the Arsenal corners, am I right in thinking, Guy, Arsenal have got a set-piece uh, set specialist now uh, where they work on it? Because I really like the variation of the Arsenal corners. I mean, one of the first corners they did in the first half, I think they all crowded around the keeper and then someone went to the back post and it was headed back. I really like their variation on the corners. Not a lot came from them, but I thought they were very inventive with what they were trying to do around uh, around the corners. And that certainly got us thinking. Uh, I think I saw about four or five different style corners from Arsenal there, which I thought was pretty good and nice to see, quite refreshing. And the best bit actually about the second half was let's be honest, Arteta's tackle on Townsend, which was, you know, by far and away the best the best tackle of the game. I think he was trying to show Jacker how to make a tackle and stay on your feet and still frighten Townsend when he's off the pitch. Well, I've got I've got to come to the defence of Jacker there. I, I think Jacker actually played really well. And Garden, yeah, no, he did. You're, you're he the, did. I think he, he was really solid and probably Arsenal's man in the match today. See, I've written for my notes for this, Xhaka, good and bad. He made an outstanding, I think you've mentioned it, a standing block in the first half on, um, was it Zahar? Zahar, yeah. yeah. Standing. There were, there were a couple of really good piece of, pieces of recovery play. But then he falls over. Injury time in the centre circle. And then he'll <laughs> randomly spray a ball 20 yards and it just goes out of play. He'll just get straight to Eze or straight to Benteke. And you're like, come on, mate. Uh, you know, party gets on the ball. Now, we haven't seen much of party, but he doesn't give the ball away. Sabios, you know, Kev, I agree with you. You know, it was the first 60 minutes, he was excellent. Awesome. Doesn't give the ball away, and he's inventive as well. Yeah. Xhaka, Luke, I get why you say that. Part of me thought, oh, he's brilliant. 10 minutes later, oh, what is he doing? You know, there, there, there's two sides, there's two sides to him. I think it's really difficult mm. to pick an Arsenal man of the match from that. Can I just add though, Guy, let's be honest though, you must look at it with Jacker and think, when you think when he played us last year, and I think it's last year, he threw his shirt off against us when he came yep. off. And I, 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 forgive me, calendar-wise, I think that's about a year ago. Yeah. If you think of where he's come, because I'm like any mostly London football fan, thought, well, he's finished at Arsenal. And he, 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 I don't know whether he's won you back over, but he seems to have come in. And, I, and I, I know it got picked up on the sky and you've just said it. His recovery rate when he made an error, and he made about two or three, but he was the one who was winning the ball back. I think one ball into the second half where actually he managed to turn it over for a corner that would have been almost a tap-in for Benteke if he hadn't have actually run in and got the ball over the bar in the second half. So he did actually make some fantastic work. And then when you think of where he's come from, where he was with the Arsenal fans, I think you have to applaud that in some way, shape or form. Yeah, Palace at home last season was, you know, his lowest point. You know, I think he gave someone the finger in the crowd as he was coming off. You could yeah. see him saying F off, that, that, you know, um, if you're a good lip reader. It was a bad moment. He didn't play for a few games, but Arteta managed to, it, I think that was that was still in the Emery days, and Arteta managed to integrate him back in. I think Xhaka has done well since he's come back. He's, he scored that brilliant free kick against Chelsea a few weeks ago. But here's the but with Xhaka. There's always a mistake waiting to happen. And I think today, even when he's had... Nine, I think 90% of his performance was good today. That 10% or whatever percent it was could have been very costly. He, he's, he's given away a few penalties against you before. Do you remember the, there was a two-all at Selhurst? Wolf, wasn't it? it two one 10 up. minutes. Yeah, yeah and, 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 and he gives a penalty away. Did it, was he the one that gave the penalty away for the... Um, 
for the draw last season or was that someone else? I can't remember. The one yeah. where Zaha was, <laughs> he was, um, he was given the yellow card for diving. He went to the VAR and then, and then he got the penalty. Overturned. Yeah. He should, do, um, he should play alongside Mamadou Sakho, guy. That would be an interesting <laughs> combination for sure because uh, we talk about his um, calamity mistakes. I mean, I mean, you mentioned the penalty earlier, guy, which wasn't a penalty. So, but actually, you know, I like you. When I saw it, I thought, well, hang on a minute. Could there be something in this? And I know they vied it quite quickly and decided it wasn't. But again, it kind of petered out the game, didn't it? And I, even even at the end, Palace, you know, fair play, Palace gave it a go at the end. For an away fan, you know, you, to see that it's it's positive because normally you're sticking it in the corner, you know, in the, in in injury time. But we weren't. We we were still giving it a go. So I was really pleased with the performance. And I thought tonight there were lots of lots of huffing and puffing. Maybe not end product, but the the endeavour and the the drive was there. Which a few games ago we were criticising. Um, some of the some of the chaps for for not delivering. I thought Andrews Townsend worked his socks off tonight. We mentioned Very the good. Arteta Tat challenge. I thought Eze had a, a, a mixed game. I mean, I know they were calling out the telly as they always do at the minute for being fantastic. But he had a, he had a mixed game, some good and some some not so good. He was good good going forward. And I, I felt that front three, as I mentioned, together was a was a good combination. I don't that starting eleven is probably not far enough from what we choose as our best eleven. Probably agree. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I think the Eze thing is interesting, isn't it? Because I know the media love to have one player that they love to hype up. But I, I, I just wonder, are we in danger of hyping him up too much? Now, that guy, I, I, you, I appreciate you've only seen him today and you might have seen flashes of him before. But I, I just worry for someone who's so young and still finding his feet in the Premier League that we're just perhaps at a, a risk of, I don't know, putting him on too much of a pedestal, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he scored that great goal the other day, didn't he? Mm. Um, and, I, you know, that, that happens, doesn't it? Someone, young player, scores a really good goal. That's all that's talked about. And fair play yes. to him for the goal. We do that generally as a, as a society, as, you know, the media. I'm, I'm part of the media myself. And, you know, I used to actually be a football reporter. And you and you do, uh, you do do that. It's it's part of the, um, it's part of the game. And and good and bad because yeah. look at the look at look at the um what Arteta was going through only a few weeks ago terrible run pressure and that, a lot of that comes from the media and I think with Eze you're you're getting obviously the opposite but it's interesting how we as fans and, and as opposing fans few people you know my view of Benteke is clearly different to your view of Benteke your view of Xhaka is different to my view of Xhaka I, I'm, I can't be honest. Answer to your question, Luke. I'm not sure about Eze. I haven't seen enough of him, but mm-hmm. I was scared. Put it that way. Maybe because yeah, I've been maybe because I've been influenced. But when I saw your team sheet, I thought Zaha Eze. That frightens me. I think okay. from my point of view, Luke, I would say with regards to Eze, and, and again, forgive me, guy, you're mostly aware of this. But Eze was released by Arsenal as a 13-year-old. Um, he obviously went to QPR in various places. So there was that point before he made it at QPR, and I think he went out on loan at Wickham as well. He was relatively grounded. So I'm just hopeful that that grounded bit still stays with him and he knows what it's like when you're, you know, when you're released as a 13-year-old. And that we all know that a lot of these players have come through quite a journey. I just hope he doesn't start to believe his own hype too much. Because if you look at the way he just glides past players, sometimes it's frightening. And you had mostly two or three examples of that tonight where he just slides past them. I would just like to see him do a little bit more when he does. But, you know, again, it will come. And obviously we do have to protect him a little bit in relation to that. But um, I mean, you, meant, you mentioned you've not seen much of him, to be honest with you. Neither have Palace fans, actually. He's played a handful of games. Actually, at the start of the season, he wasn't really started. He was coming off the bench and people screaming, you know, why isn't he playing? Why isn't he playing? We've spent this money on him. You know, surely he's been brought into play. And, oh, it's Hodgson. You know, he's not bringing in the young players and so on and so forth. But actually, I think it's proven to be a really wise 
um, strategy from Roy to, to just embed him in, bring him in slowly. And he now is pretty much, you know, a starting member of the, of the, of the first 11. Um, and I think, yeah, like we said, he does have ups and downs, but, you know, some of the ups are, are pretty amazing. I mean, that goal was absolutely fantastic. So, you know, we hope for more of those from him. And, and these, these kind of games against the stronger teams, I know that Arsenal are the strongest season, but these the stronger teams are the ones that he does need to perform in to show. And let's not forget, yeah. not too long ago, he was playing the championship and it's a big step up. So, you know, another positive night for him as well. Um, and I think another positive night for, for Palace. We, we couldn't have you on, Guy, about asking about the Zahar thing. And obviously, I think Zahar, whether it's deliberate or maybe it's the media or what, but in the last few days has, has brought back up the topic of um, his move. And I know that the the old Arsenal manager, Emery, has commented on he'd rather have had him over, over Pepe. What's what's your take on that? Which one would you have had in hindsight? It's one of the easiest questions you could ever ask me. And it's Wilfred Zahar. I mean, it's just no question. I I, I I think the guy's absolutely class. You know, every time we play Palace, he causes us problems. Every time. The United game, I remember watching that one. I think Luke, I was texting you throughout it as you yes. were as you were as you were strolling through it. Well, maybe he's not strolling, but winning. He was they, they, they just couldn't handle him. Um, and again, it, this is, you know, when you're, when you're a fan of a different team, you don't see someone day in, week, sorry, week in, week out. I'm sure he has poor games along the way. I think he's class. And you know what? He's an Arsenal fan, isn't he? So I, I would put that together. I'd love him at the Emirates. Do you want Pepe? Should we, should we do a swap? <laughs> Why is he chuck some money on top of that guy? <laughs> what do you reckon? I think he would fit, though. Do you think he would fit, though, now, Guy, with the way you're playing? Do, do you see... Do you see him as a, a place for him at the moment? Do you see Arteta being interested in him? Oh, yeah. Or do you think the moment's passed? Well, we probably don't have the money for him, so it's probably out of the question. You know, we've just borrowed 120 million quid from the Bank of England. So I'm sure we can't afford Wilfred Zahar. Could you imagine the coronavirus <laughs> fund to get Wilfred Zahar? That would go down well, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be, be like Tottenham furloughing, uh, furloughing stuff. And what, did they um, pay, what did they pay for Pepe? Was it 69 million or something? Was it something like that? Oh, don't, don't, don't make 71 me feel million depressed. with all the I just, that, I mean, that, that was a lot I, up front as well, I think. I, but I mentioned it because that was the sort of figure that I think Palace were talking about for Zahar. I might be wrong here and a lot of everyone was shot you know shooting it down and saying too much money too much money but actually if you look at it you know look at it now and in retrospect you probably have swapped the, the the player and the money right so it's a really interesting one i mean let's let's face it we, we've talked long and we talk regularly about this we we think this could be the year well, i certainly do that zaha could go guy i was putting together a puzzle that i don't like the the sort of the, the join-up picture when i do put it all together that arsenal sort of relatively bad start to this season wilf being on fire you know you mentioned the money situation but that aside you, know, you could see a move coming about about uh, now or in the in the near future um, if maybe they can stump up the cash and, and his you know his comments recently and also as you say being an Arsenal fan uh, we will hope it won't happen but we all, we, all, we always Palace fans want him to go on and, and, and do better uh, and get the chance to play in Europe and other things because watching him in week in week out since he's been what did he come in as a 16 year old you know it, yeah. it, it's very special and been a, a great journey for us to be on with him so you know we want the best for him and if that's at Arsenal then so be it yeah, he had a couple of moments where he flared, flared up didn't he where, where you sort of I think got caught in the sky cameras uh, shouting to the officials a couple of times and I always wonder you know that which is not holding him back but makes certain clubs who potentially could go and spend 70 million pounds on a player might think twice you know that you're not getting I wouldn't say not professional because he comes across as very passionate Um, go on Kev no I was going to say exactly that Luke I think that's passion I think if you take that away from his game you take away part of what his game is 
you know, he plays on the edge, doesn't he, in that context? And, you know, and I and I think that is the way Wilf is. I think one of the things I would say today, I think it's very good of Arsenal and Palace to play out a nil-nil draw so that there was no need for any goal celebrations so that the FA can actually look at it and say, well, look, we've kept the social distancing. No one went up and celebrated with each other. So I think it's very good of us to both accept a point before the game as we did and go from there. Over to Guy. Uh, you, on the flip side of that, our corners broke every single, every <laughs> single social distancing rule going. There were about 20 players in that six-yard box, weren't there? It really um, worked, but didn't it? A couple of times where, I, I don't know if it was a corner, but certainly a set piece where there was a lot of pressure on Guaita and he sort of came and punched at one, missed it, and luckily got the, the ball bounced back into, into his hands. But it was an interesting one, just, I know Kev mentioned it earlier, but to see him all around uh, Guaita and then obviously very, very fast spread up. But Kev, you mentioned they got a set, Peace specialist now, guy, is that right? Brentford. Brentford, yeah. I don't know his name. He's come from Brentford. You know what? I'm glad you guys think our set pieces are good. Because every time we get a corner, I'm 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 concerned we're about to concede a goal. <laughs> <laughs> like we tried this is one short corner we try, especially from the, the right hand side where Saka plays it to someone on the corner of the penalty box. Um, and then a third player is making a run from, say, the right back going into the box to create a bit of space behind him. It goes back to the corner taker. You'd think, in theory, to whip one in with his left foot, never comes in. It always goes back. Um, there was a point last season, I think actually, again, it might have been even against Palace. We got a couple of goals from corners. I think it was a two-all draw at, at our place. And um, it- we, were, we were quite dangerous from corners last season. They look good this season, but they haven't, you know... I, we don't threaten enough from a corner. You know, the stats will probably show we don't get enough headers on the ball from our from our own corners. I was going to say, if it's any consolation, Guy, uh, when we played Liverpool just before Christmas, we were 2-0 down and took a, a, an attacking corner. And about nine seconds later, Liverpool went 3-0 up. So uh, you're, you're not, it's not exclusive to you guys. We, we are pretty good. We're at our weakest when we're attacking a corner. You know what, Guy's just mentioned the stats. And I'm, so I just pulled them up. And it's saying we've had two shots on target for the game. So I know, obviously, Tekas is header, but pulled the same. What was the other one on target then? It was Ben Teko. The he, he had a, the one that was pulled back to him. And it, oh, okay. he, dra- he dragged Sorry. it straight to the goalkeeper because he had two pulled back to him, didn't he? One he blazed one over the bar, yeah. and one was like a twenty-yarder, wasn't it? Just straight to the goalkeeper. I'm just trying to make sense of that. What do? How many do we have on target? Uh, do, do four we... on target. Eleven shots overall. Four on target. Palace had twelve shots overall. Two on target. What were our four on target? <laughs> <laughs> I can't think. I genuinely can't think of them. They, they it depends what they cast as a shot, doesn't it? In the warm-up. You're right. Better in the warm-up when Rob Holding was in goal. That one. Yeah, yeah. That one. You know what, guy? You made you made me feel a little better there because I you were talking about the games last season. I actually can't remember the games last season. It feels that long ago because they were both games that we were able to be out as fans, right? Yeah. Because the two-all draw at the Emirates was in October, and then the one-all draw at Selhurst, which would have been one of the, the, the last games we got to go to, Luke was um, was in January, the eleventh of right. January. So there you go. Pretty much, pretty much a year, pretty much a year, year ago. Um, seems like seems game? like so long ago. Uh, Abang, Abang, yeah. Luke, um, we we talked about it on the pod. I remember. Yes, because yeah. we, and, we, and you told me it wasn't a red. I said it was a dark yellow. <laughs> <laughs> orange. Oh, well, orange yellow, yeah. Luke normally has an orange card, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> you just mentioned a name there, Guy, which uh, we've not even talked about tonight, which is really strange because when you normally think of Arsenal, you think of a Bamiang. He, he was pretty non-existent again tonight. He was on the pitch, wasn't he? And I'm not being flippant. He was there, wasn't he, tonight? He was. Um, but you did, you, say, did you hear him at all? Did you hear no. him at all? I, I didn't hear him at all tonight. You could probably say the same about most of our 
our forward flair players that have, to be fair to them, in the last four games they've performed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Smith Rose, Saka, Lacazette's been excellent. Um, yes. Abamyang. No, you you couldn't say any of them had particularly good games. Like like you, Kev, I, I agree. I thought Sabayas for, for the time he was on was probably our best player. Nothing really clicked. All my messages with my 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 Arsenal mates were, it's just not happening. Final ball, yard off the pace, Tierney, 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 Tierney. That that, that was the general theme of it today. And they're going to nick it. Zaha's going to nick it. Okay, we were wrong about that one. But yeah, you know, I, I, I messaged Luke and I said, I said, Zaha's going to nick this one. Does <laughs> Tierney set the tone for you boys then? Would you say, I know he's that important to you. Does he set the tone? I mean, the goal we scored up at West Brom the other week was outstanding. Um, but everything comes from him. I think I see him lose the plot up at Leeds when you drew nil-nil. And I love his passion, the way he is as a player. Uh, he was like that, obviously, when he was up in Scotland as well. So does, does he set the tone and the tempo for what Arsenal do? He's a proper, proper footballer. He would have lasted in the eighties. Yeah, you know, he 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 would have fitted in in our team that amazing, unbelievable defence, because yeah. he's got passion. I'm beating my heart as I say that he's got. He's. I agree with you about the Leeds incident. You know, he doesn't take nothing, no rubbish from anyone. He got smacked in the face by Mane at Liverpool. Mane could have been sent off. Wasn't got yellow card. Straight up. No, no, no complaining. Straight up. Yeah. And that goal against West Brom. He's crossing. Everything. Celtic fans loved him. Yeah. He was brilliant at Celtic. I saw. I was lucky enough to see him. I went up and saw a Europa League game. They were playing Red Bull Salzburg, and Tierney scored after about six minutes, run down the left, and arrowed a shot right across the box. And he was very highly rated up there. And I wasn't surprised that he got his move to um, to the Premier League because he's uh, yeah, certainly looks a prospect to get, only get better and better. You know, else has passion, and we talk about week after week, and it was again very, very audible on the telly. Ray Lewinson. Fair play for him to wear shorts tonight as well. Wears his shorts every week without 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 compromise, uh, and you know another vocal performance from him. Um, agree, Matt. Agree. We, guy, we talk, we talk, it's amazing, isn't it? We talk about Ray Ray Lewinson's role. You, you consistently hear him week in week out. He's kind of Roy Hodgson's voice to the players. And there was a, a joke that Luke shared today, which is a, a player that used to play for Palace. Um, KG, we called him Dicker Joy. Is that you could, it's probably terrible. Yeah, Dicker Joy, yeah. yeah, he played for us when we got promoted um, into the Premier League, and uh, he, he's in South Africa. And he said that even he could hear Ray over there. <laughs> so, uh, very fair reflection of it, um, and shows the passion that that he has. He has for the game still in his shorts on a Thursday night. Matt, can I ask you, mate? Obviously, as we tick towards sort of 25 to 11 because I know you've got to have your Horlicks and go to bed um, I haven't obviously I'll be up all night um, but I was just going to ask from your point of view obviously we said if we could get a point it was a free hit tonight and we got that which is brilliant we go obviously to Manchester City on Sunday night which will be a tough one what's your thoughts about that and, and with respect obviously Guy what's Arsenal's next game and what are you looking to get out of that so I mean I was really pleased at the point tonight I'll take it all day long um, pleased it was on Sky, not BT Sport. Um, obviously, um, I think. I think. Are you on a retainer from BT Sport every time you mention it? So yeah, so I, 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 I was happy with the point. I think the the thing we we talked about, if you remember last week on the pod, was I, I said don't believe the hype on Arsenal's form, and I think that has come true somewhat because I think we matched them tonight, and again could have nicked it. I think for the Man City one, if we talk about free hits, that is one, right? You know, that is one we we, we expect her to not get anything out of, and and I, I'm not I'm not expecting I'm not expecting so. I'm, I'm not. I'm not too 
too concerned about that one. I think we, we alluded to, but again, in the previous pod, that the run of games then afterwards is, you know, we have some generous uh, opportunities there to pick up some points. Uh, having said that, you look at the table, you know, we are in a in a pretty good position. You know, bar goal difference, we we could have gone up sort of quite a few places tonight to sort of mm. relative mid, mid-tables. Yeah. yeah, mid-table. Well, we would have if we'd won. Mid-table mediocrity. And then bar the goal difference, again, you can go up to sort of, was it eight, I think, tonight with the points Something that we've like got? It's very, it's very tight. So, so I think we have to look at it in context, and and like you said, Kev, you know, always try to be balanced and, and in perspective on things. So, yeah, good point tonight, and you know, uh, we'll see where we go with Man City. You know, you just don't want to get battered, right? Don't want another Liverpool. And that's the focus there. I think the thing with Man City, we should be given a free hit anyway, just for the fact that we're having to watch football at seven fifteen on a Sunday evening. But um, that's a matter for, a, for another thing. But guy, who, who Arsenal got up next? Newcastle again. We just played them in the cup. Got them again in the league. Careful how I say this, but Newcastle is a team you want to play at home. If we turn up, if we're on on our game, we'll beat them. But you know, we'll see. It's whether whether we do turn up and whether we are on a game. Interesting. You talk about the seven fifteen on on Sunday night. That was our graveyard fixture. All those games we were losing were always seven fifteen on a uh, on a Sunday. So good luck to you guys against City. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna uh, will, sure. will you have any fit on Sunday, guy? We'll I think it, back. Well, the, the noise was him and Mari were just rested tonight because they had knocks, which I think is fair enough. I mean, I'd prefer them rested against Newcastle because Palace is a tougher game. But, I mean, Tierney's played pretty much every game and he, he'll get injured if you, you keep on doing that. You, you have to rest him every now and then. But I hope it's a better game against Newcastle from our, our perspective. And I'll tell you what, I'm glad no one paid pay-per-view for that game tonight. I know you guys are probably happy with the point, but if you're watching that as a neutral, boy. Do you see, I don't know if you saw any of you saw Jamie Redknapp well, I don't know if you're preparing for this pod, but they went back to Jamie Redknapp after the game. And um, by the way, this is a worse dad joke than one of you guys put out a minute oh, ago. That is, exact guy, that is exactly what I said to my wife. I went upstairs and said to my wife, you should have just seen what Jamie Redknapp did. Dad, dead, did, dead dad joke. Worst dad joke ever. It was. because oh, the Sky were hyping up Bad Boys, the film. So Jamie Redknapp goes, where do you go? Bad Boys, Bad Boys. Bad result, bad result. Oh, bad, was game. bad game. Bad game, bad game. <laughs> what are you going to do when it's not 3-2? And Alex Scott's going, oh, oh Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. <laughs> well, that's the most exciting Sky all night, I'm sure. <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Not good. Not good. So, chaps, I think that takes us to the end of the podcast. Uh, we'll take a, a point for that for, for Palace. A guy, I think you're a little bit less content with a point, but for both of us, onwards and upwards. Um, as always, uh, Six Pointer Podcast, Instagram on Twitter, uh, at Six Pointer Podcast. Please do follow, like and share. Guy, thanks very much for joining us tonight. Um, hopefully the uh, return fixture um, is, a, is a bit more exciting and has a few more goals in it. But thanks. It was a pleasure having you along with us tonight. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Good stuff. And Kevin and Luke, uh, well, I suppose I should say thanks. But uh, yeah, cheers for coming along, guys. Thanks for turning right. up. Cheers. Pleasure, um, pleasure and, Matthew. Pleasure. Uh, and as always, chaps, up the palace. Up the palace. The Six Pointer Podcast. Uh-huh.